Episode 40, The Power of Momentum. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. Sharing the adventure of leading and growing a bootstrapped SaaS company. Hear the experiences, challenges, wins, and losses shared in each episode from Aaron Weike of Leadferno and Darren Shaw of Whitespark. Let's go. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Darren. And we are going to crack open some 40s of malt liquor to celebrate our 40th episode. Does this is it? Sound, does that sound episode. like a good idea? Yeah, nice. I didn't know this was 40. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Great. I got I got my 40 of Big Bear right here. <laughs> so many. It just brings me back to college, right? Because a, a 40 of whatever, Colt 45 or Red Bull or what, Schlitz or Old English, like it was two bucks. And for a college kid with no money, I like- a paper bag, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and man, the last eight ounces of a 40 ounce are just so nasty because it takes so long to drink it. Like It's all warm and, and oh. flat. Yeah, it's bad. That's bad drinking. <laughs> yes, really bad drinking. It's, thank goodness, like we grow up and get jobs and don't have to drink- Horrible booze and quantities that you shouldn't drink at one time and yeah. everything else. Yeah, well, you I wasn't drinking it for its delicious flavor. That was <laughs> no. my, my <laughs> primary motivation for drinking that at the time. Yeah. I'm parched. What's tasty right now? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, I, I fondly remember those days and also fondly like, like not remembering the morning after. But man, when you were young, you just recuperated from that fun so fast. I know. Yeah, you can't do that now that now that we're in our 40s. Yes. <laughs> and now, our 40th episode. Now, yeah. old guys, you have to schedule re- recuperation for weeks if you yeah. have too much fun. Does that mean our podcast is in its 40s now too? Yeah. Yes, it's aged very well. It's, yeah, it can no longer have a night on the town and, and drink too much. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, kudos. Anytime we like hit around number i i feel good right we bracketed yeah. another another 10 episodes and we've been pretty consistently monthly the you know the second half of this year so yeah you know why why because we we set up a recurring calendar event <laughs> it like, does make it something that we have a conversation about and even when we don't totally. hold that day and time we reschedule to one that works because exactly. right? it just keeps popping up it's like oh Geez, I guess we got to prepare for this podcast coming up in a couple of days. Huh. Yeah. The months go by too fast, Darren. Yep, I know. Awesome. Well, we're going to get into momentum uh, today and talk a little bit about it and its value and its challenges and if you have it and when you don't have it and those kind of things. But let's catch up, man. What's, what's going on with uh, White Spark and what you're up to? Yeah, so let's see, update since the last podcast. Well, we did launch our SEO services new landing page and new checkout process. So got that all dialed in and kind of tweaked our services a little bit. And then uh, the the great people over at Near Media, David, man, Mike Blumenthal, Greg Sterling, invited Ali Margeson to go on to the podcast and talk about that. So that was nice. I listened to that. Yeah, it was a good episode. She did a great job. Yeah, she really she really did. And how how nice for you to have other voices yes. promoting than just yours, right? It's so great. Ali is just wonderful. It's super nice to have 
I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. Like some people, they're just really good at public speaking, and you know, there's just like this group of people that are so good at, at going at doing presentations, podcasts, that kind of stuff. And so Ali's one of them, and it is very nice to have her um, to be able to not only lead the service but also help promote the service. So it's not all on my back. So it's great. Yep. Awesome. So she did a great job on that. Um, we also launched some referral program pages for that service. So I'm trying to build up the referral program. Um, we launched the pages on the website, but then never linked them within our, within our website navigation. So like nobody is checking out our new pages. I wonder why not. <laughs> so uh, we're on an island. Yeah, so we finally added some links to those and I plan to send out a mail out so we can promote the referral program because I think it's a great way to help grow that service. Um, we're seeing really good growth since we launched that service. Actually, we've had a, we've had 10% growth in just the last four weeks on that service, which, you know, it's serious MRR. I'm really realizing this of like, let's say one small business signs up for our, our Google business profile management plus website management. That's a thousand dollars in MRR. Uh, let's say they add the link building too. So then it's 1349 in MRR. It would take 54 signups for our local rank tracking product to equal that amount of MRR. It's kind of phenomenal how successful we could be, how much revenue growth potential there is just in the SEO services. So, you know, I know we're a SaaS company, but we're also a services company and the services side of the business is significant and massive and it's, it's still MRR, right? So it's really valuable to continue building that. And so I'm really excited about seeing that growth and continue to focus on that. A lot of people say, right, like one of the great paths to software is starting out services first, yep. right? Because like services you can sell day one, like to generate revenue with services is, yep. is so much easier. Now, where you when you get into like the long term, you know, what is the lifetime value? What is the, the profit margin on it compared yep. to those other things, right? And so that's where things definitely balance out. But where you're kind of hitting with these is right, that productized service where there's so much of it that's bolted down in a process, has guardrails, so it doesn't, you know, burst out of control where, you know, you feel like, oh, we're pricing this to be a, a you know, a delivery of X, but then they end up wanting Y on top of it and everything else. And then we start losing even more. You have, you know, some good guardrails in there to yeah. Keep it in line and profitable. It's really well defined and it's it's a real productized service, which is great. So yeah, great potential there. Uh, we're also working on our, uh, you know, we launched the location manager and, and that's kind of a the first phase of our platform, which the next thing we're adding is Google business profile syncing. So the ability to sync and monitor your updates and, and push updates to Google. So that's coming uh, pretty soon. We're having some active develop on that. And then we got some, upcoming features for the local rank tracker. So yeah, honestly, speaking of momentum, we're in a pretty high momentum swing right now. It's uh, things are going pretty good. Nice. How about you? What's happening at Leadverno? Was hoping today, the day we're recording to release a new feature, but it's going to be tomorrow. All right. That's um, always the case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we just couldn't get through all of our regression testing in time before our backend engineer who was in Central America and now moved to Italy. So oh. our, our window for releases during the days is much shorter now. So any small hiccup and 
We just have to wait until the next day because she's over to the next day. Oh, yeah. we had that. We had that whole thing with a developer in in Europe, and yep. yeah, it was it was a bit of a struggle actually. Yeah, yep. It's a little more challenging. It, it's been that way for like a month and a half, two months now. So we're adjusting to it. But yeah, every now and then we hit things like that. So I'm really I'm I'm excited about it. Um, it's an addition to so the the main the primary button that is on. Um, your website as part of our lead box. Um, we've basically have like increased its uh, height, added like a tab to the top of it. And yep. we're calling it a highlight. And we have formatted where you can either put in your reputation. So you can say like 4.8 stars out of 10,000 reviews. Okay. Or you can put in your average reply time. So average reply time of, you know, 25 minutes, 74 hours, <laughs> sure. 74 <laughs> hours if you want. Um, or you can just use open field. So you could use it for like, um, you know, $50 off first order. You have 22 oh. characters. So nice. we really designed it just to put in extra CTA or to bring social proof, um, into the call to action and, and put a little bit more into it. So it's one of those, like, you know, you could look at it like it's somewhat small, but it just has a lot of flexibility to it. Yep. It hits upon our main goal of conversion, right? We're get we're trying to get people to notice and trust those buttons and to to want to reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's just a, a lot of options. I, I always love when you release something that it could be used like 20 different ways. Right. And this has a lot of that. So I'm excited about that, excited to release it, excited to put out a blog post with a bunch of different ideas and send that out to uh, to our customer base. So nice. hopefully that's... I wake up tomorrow and there's new code on the breakfast table. That'll be great. Nice. Well, as a uh, customer and fan of Leadferno, I can't wait to turn that on. And there and you go. Another little something shiny little and something. new. Yeah, totally. One thing on the, the sales side where we've been trying to put focus is with our agency partners. Um, you know, we we have dozens of these agency partners and we have a handful that are great. They know how to sell it. They're, you know, constantly adding new people. And then we have a lion's share of those that like have zero or one client on it. Right. So it it really made us like, you know, th- there's a number of things like our, our, do we have the right agencies with us right now? Do we have enough to see the law of averages, all of that kind of stuff. But regardless, we're like, l- let's introduce some things to do more. So Within the next week or two, we're releasing, we added new commission tiers. So our affiliate commission, partner commission right now is 15% uh, on the monthly fee uh, forever. Now they can jump to 25% once they hit their 10th client with us. uh, And then 30% once they jump to 25. Yeah, encourage them to add more clients. Yes, we wanted to add more motivation financially and reward the ones that that are great, right? That are doing enough to to put 10 and 25 customers on board. Um, We released some dashboard updates last week where we now have some uh, metrics. So when you log in, you see all your clients on it and you can see lead box button impressions um, and engagement and uh, leads that have been marked one. So it just gives you a really easy way to just be able to see what's going on not only in your account, but individually with your clients. Yeah. And then we piped in some of our latest updates there. Just, you know, all right, there's an easy touch point to make them aware of what's new, what to look into, help guide posts, blog posts, things like that. Yeah, I see that little uh, 
little scroll through the latest news. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this looks a lot better. I remember the the client dashboard looking at it before. Yeah, it was missing data and it had yeah. some janky thing. It was one of those like just get it out so they can click in to their client accounts. Yeah. But it didn't have really any meat or value to it. So look at this white spark client account. I only got one client in there is us. <laughs> so <laughs> See, you could be a referral machine. I, I really could be. So I yeah. don't know. And, and I really believe in the product. I think it'd be yeah. great for all of our clients. We'll work, we'll on, work on that. We'll get you out on the street, handing out postcards to people. <laughs> I need one of those signs that I can flip. I can stand like there with you, a, yes. a, a spinning arrow sign. Yeah. Oh. Lead Ferno. Yep. Wherever the busiest corner in Edmonton is, that's where I want to see you. <laughs> okay. This is great. Yeah. Can't wait. And then lastly, I wrote like a partner guide. I wrote like a 10-page guide that walks through. Oh. Here's here's marketing. Here's talking points. Here's where to find these things. Um, here's how we advise selling it. Here's how you can make partner commission. Here's how you can make money off of setup fees or building Zapier integrations. And you can use that to spiff your salespeople. So just tried to combine a bunch of things that we're hearing from our successful partners and what we see, um, the way that we talk and market the product. Like, how do we condense this? How do we make it easier? And then just a bunch of best practice to like, if you are going to set it up, here's things to consider with the lead box, what to focus on. Here's blog posts that give you a bunch of ideas. Same with auto replies, shortcuts, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we're going to be looking to kind of push an email to our agency partners and put all of those out. Um, and then just, you know, set up some process so that when they start up, we're emailing them the guide, we're making them aware uh, of all these different things and just making it as easy as possible for them to work with us, sell with us, grow with us. I love this. I'm going to definitely take a pass through this and build something. We've been thinking about doing this for our own referral program as well. Right. So where when someone signs up, they just get this really good. Okay. Here's, here's how it all works. Nice. And then uh, I've had a couple calls. I I entered into paid for a mastermind group through MicroConf, oh. Rob Walling, Startups for the Rest of Us, Tiny Seed, yep. um, and got paired up with four others. Um, and yeah, uh, a good mix. First couple calls. I mean, really, really great guys. A um, couple of us are, you know, full-time. A couple are, you know, side projects, trying to grow. We're all around the same MRR. Um, probably each have a little bit different aspirations in what we're trying to do, but I just thought it'd be great to, you know, network more, get other perspectives. Um, so that, that so far has been really good. The call last week really nudged me. Like, um, it wasn't even something I was directly looking at, but a couple of them were talking about, prospecting and cold emailing and things like that. And it nudged me to get a little more firmed up and official with my process. I've been doing a lot of like just straight up complete one-off and more wild west. And so um, just based on a couple of them suggesting Apollo.io, I did a demo with them, fits my needs and I've started doing that. So my first email is manual and then I'm doing uh, follow-ups three days, seven days uh, later with him, which before I was having to manually do the follow-ups because I wasn't really using anything to its ability. I had set up MailShake, but didn't like some of the things I had done. And I was using a different tool to prospect and capture emails and contacts. So Apollo had all of it under one roof. Um, 
and yeah, answered my questions really well, made sense. Price point was great. And so, yeah, I've been off and running with that. I spent my weekend writing um, some of my sequences and started putting people into it today. Very interesting. So cold outreach. I, I actually had a rant I know, about it. I know, I know you're I know you're a hater. I was gonna bring up I, I think you just tweeted about it in the last couple of weeks. I'm like, that's he's targeting me. I think we should have an episode on it. Yeah. Cause I, I, I think this would be a fun episode where we can uh, you know, debate the two sides of cold outreach. Yeah. Well, obviously, and you know, we've we've touched on this a little bit. I'm very much of the ilk like you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. We're young. Get it. We're hungry. Uh, I've converted clients off it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like, you know, cold, cold email is still cold email. You're knocking, you're knocking on someone's door that isn't expecting a, a visitor or cares. Yep. Um, but I think there's ways to do it tastefully. I still, I put in the time. I'm just not uploading a list, right? My cold email process is I go to their website. I take a look at what conversion points they have. We created a tool where we basically, I plug in a URL and then we overlay our text us buttons onto their site. So I send them, this is what your site would look like with Leadferno on it. Um, So I'm personalizing the email. I'm finding out who are the owners or decision makers uh, that are there. And I'm trying to send to them instead of just an info at or sales at. Such a slog trying to find the right emails. Yep. And that and that's where it's been helpful between Apollo.io has had really good data so far. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of like small uh, little things within it. So that that first email definitely takes two to four minutes between putting together the graphic, writing a line or two. You know, some some yep. of it is canned, but I'm going to personalize it to something to the website or how I came across them or how we work well with them, anything like that. And then the follow-ups don't take any time. All right. Well, I'm very interested in following this. You know, uh, I, I I always feel like cold outreach. I don't like to be on the receiving end of it. And it does leave a bad taste in my mouth for whoever's sending it. Like, So if I get this from a company I've never heard of before, then I have, I'm a little bit turned off of that company altogether. And I would yeah. like blacklist them. They're out. I would never, if I'm looking for that service, I'll never look at it because you just spam me. Yep. But- I also recognize that Whitespark has the privilege of two decades of authority building in our space. It's like, if you're a brand new scrappy startup, how, how do you start getting your first new customers, right? So I really do understand the value of cold outreach. And, and I do think that I'm on the extreme end of my distaste for cold outreach. And a lot of people are like, oh, great. You, you just popped into my inbox with the right solution at the right time. So yeah, very good podcast episode. And I agree. Like some of those things are going to happen. You're going to have people that are like, yep, not like now I'm never, ever doing business. But I look at like, Every one of them reach out. Are they ever even going to know I exist anyway if I wait exactly. for it yeah. to happen for them? Right? I and like, it's like <laughs> you might piss off 15% of the people that would never do business with you, but you, they wouldn't have ever become clients anyway. So what, yeah. what, what harm is it? Yeah. And yeah. I've seen all like, uh, right? We sell against live chat a lot. I've, I've followed up with a couple that I see them then go and use live chat, even nice. though I might mention like we kick live chat's ass. Yeah. Um, but some of the live chat tools, you know, they just might be more familiar with it. You know, it, it's just so interesting what people's perceptions 
are of how things work, what they're familiar with, what they see, things like that. So I just want to get in front of as many people. I try to do it tastefully. I put in some time in, into their business. Um, and it's really interesting, right? Like, so you and I are in a space where like we get it because we, we get a lot of cold email because that's like the way software companies work through so much of this stuff. And we're a great target from anything from, you know, the SaaS market gets hit by HR funding, um, payroll service, right? It's just, it's endless what, what we get. But you get into some of these other ones, and I can definitely tell you by the response rates, it's like they're not flooded with this same amount, right? Like mm-hmm. they're not being targeted by some of the same savvy using cold email outreach, that that kind of stuff. So you really see kind of a different take on it when I'm reaching out to some of these industries. Others, yeah, they definitely get it. And some just reply with it, you know, we're not interested at this time. Others have a few questions, handful book demos, and yeah, a couple have signed up. And I, I just look at it, right? It's like, it's just one other channel that if I can get three, five plus accounts a month, get down to where I'm producing that. And it's one section, SEO is a section, podcaster is sec, right? It's like, it's activating all these different things to work together um, and going from there. And then of course, once you get it dialed in and you built your revenue up and you can hire someone else to do it, right? So, and then it yes. scales. I get it. Yeah, I, I see the value. Well, maybe maybe I'll just completely convert and become a massive cold <laughs> outreach advocate. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, when you hear cold outreach, you think spammer. So I do. Yeah. it just might not be something you ever go. And I've definitely like, right, I've, uh, there, there's plenty of things like uh, in partnering with Mike Blumenthal and Don Campbell at GatherUp where they were, there were certain things where they were like, they never wanted to go near. I remember when we went from having our pricing available to agencies for reseller pricing yeah. and then we gated it behind a squeeze page, right? And like Mike was really, really like not on board with it. He had a hard time adjusting. Sure. And finally was willing to like, fine, let's do it. Let's see what happens. Well, we we didn't have any complaints because we did it. We're like, you put in your email address, you filled out that form and you instantly got to see it, right? So it, the, right. it was a very thin gate to get into it. And then you had their contact, you could follow up. Yeah. And then we were producing 50 to 100 inquiries a month for our salesperson to go through. So it turned out to be a gold mine. Like it, it was fabulous. Instead of people looking at pricing and being completely unknown to us, like now we knew who we were, we could yep. follow up, we could offer help, like all those things. See, I need a salesperson because I get, we're, we get like 500 signups for our Google reviewing generator every week. And uh, like these are brand new, unique businesses. That's a lot. Yeah. And, oh no, well, per we've month. talked about this before. All those should be going into a drip campaign where you're like then sending them a three, four, five series email about reviews and how to get more and how to display them on your website. And like I know all it's those on the to do list, man. It's on the to do right. list. Can I hire you? Can you do it? <laughs> I've tried, Darren. Yeah. All right. I think I wrote the emails for you. Oh, crap. I think you might have actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a while ago, but I got to review those. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll do that right after this podcast. There you go. Find find it somewhere in the interwebs. It's it's out there in a Google Doc for sure. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, some of this, right? We're we're talking about these things, uh, and this maybe serves as a good segue because we're trying to build momentum with these things, right? I'm trying to build momentum with sales. Um, 
right? We get these little hints of it and then it goes away. But I just find this to be such an interesting topic because it's so like, it's so much just an energy or a vibe or yeah. a, a feeling, right? It's, it's, it's an emotion. And to me, it's so interesting, like personally or as a team, as a company, as a brand, when you have momentum and then when yep. you, and when you don't have momentum, like, I mean, t t tell me, talk to me about some of your experiences with like, when you look back and you like having momentum, not having momentum, like how do you see this? Yeah. It's like this. It's been so long for Weiss Parks to been around for so long that it's just been a real, it's like the tides coming in and tides going out where in like a, almost like a quarterly cadence where you've got like a great quarter of momentum and then a slower quarter and then a great quarter and a slower quarter or like a whole half of the year as momentum is high and then it just slows down. I feel like a lot of it is driven by me or I guess maybe that's just how I feel about it because I, I only have my personal experience, but it just, uh, it's driven by so much. And one of the things that I think really drives momentum is having the right people in place. And I've seen this on our software team, particularly. So like, if we've got one developer that just isn't in sync with the other developers, it really can stall momentum within the software team because you've got this one person kind of working in a silo, not really collaborating with the rest of the team, building something that doesn't really integrate well with everything else that we're building. And it just, that's been a real killer for momentum for sure. That's, but that's one of the areas that I've really seen it. I've really seen great momentum with our software team and not great momentum with our software team. And that's typically when there's uh, one person or multiple people that just aren't fitting very well with the rest of the team. So I feel like yeah. the people can have a huge impact. Yeah, definitely. And I think you point out a massive point, right? And it's like, it's up to leadership to like create momentum, champion momentum when it's not there figure out like how to get it piece by piece, like how to build it slowly. Yeah. Um, and depending upon the size of your company, right? It can be like, yeah, a ton of that can fall on the leader, the CEO, whatever that is. When you have a team, it might fall on that team lead to be able to see when there is and isn't momentum and what needs to be yeah. done and surface that up um, and things like that. Cause it, it is so important. It's one of those things that like, there just isn't like this red light that goes off and be like, oh, momentum is waning or whatever else. Like a lot of times it, it might not surface, like it's very trailing, right? Like the momentum is gone. It's been stamped out. And then you hit a point where you're like, oh, it's not there. And this is a problem and why, and what yeah. can we do about it? Yeah. It's an interesting way to think about it as like a, as a, a metric almost. It's like, what is our current momentum? Like graded on a scale of one to 10. And then use that as like, you know, as a checkpoint. Once a month, you just kind of check in. How do we feel? How are, how are things going? Is our momentum high or is our momentum low? And if it's, if it's feeling low, what can we do to crank it back up? You know, I think it, it's, a, it's a good thought experiment that it's not really one that I think about much. But, you know, this, this podcast episode is wonderful. Now I'm thinking about it and I'll continue to think about it uh, going forward. Yeah, I... I wrote down some things that touch just cause like this is something that I try to keep a pulse on. Um, but I realize a lot of times to do it, I have to keep my own emotions in check with it. Like you're exactly right with how a leader can influence it. And so 
I have to think through those things. And a, a lot of times, like I'm probably showing frustration or disengagement yes. before finding the correction. Right. And that's something I think I've, I've always like tried to, I'm trying to work on and shorten that, or I just have those moments more to myself or, you know, just with my co-founder Joel or something like that, instead of taking it elsewhere. And then find some of the ways to like start to build it, right? To start to find some of the building blocks for it. And so some of the things I I jotted around that, like the number one thing to me is always like simplify, right? Like when you've lost all momentum, when that doesn't happen, it's like, how do we create an immediate small goal, a step we can take, something that we can cross off um, to be able to achieve it? And that could be, you know, in anything like quick, small feature builds, creating a better process around something, um, finding a, a few sales deals to to close to make that feel, finding the right marketing opportunities, like always in anything to me, like simplification is such a powerful tool. So if you make it like, all right, hey, we've had a tough time, whatever else, here's something that we can turn in like days, right? And then everyone will feel good that that got accomplished. We can communicate that that got accomplished. So now you're yeah. like putting good Celebrate. vibes out there. Yes. And so I think that's, you know, really, really important. And I just jotted down, like as a leader, right, you need to communicate and champion so that others can feel it too. Right. So that they want to be like, I want on board with that. I want to be contributing to that. Yeah. This is a, this is a big one actually that we have identified and improved at Whitespark largely because of our team lead uh, on the software side, Troy Pavlik. So Whitespark had a fairly long history of large, ambitious builds. You know, it was like, we want to build this massive piece of software that's going to take three years to build. And then we'd get to work and we'd we'd keep hammering at it, perfecting this, perfecting that, but never releasing. And what that does is it kills momentum. It's a terrible way to build. And so Troy has always pushed us to be like, nope, we're pairing this all the way back. Like, what is the absolute most minimum thing we could build that provides value. Um, and that's phase one. Then this is phase two. Then this is phase three. Like you really break the project down into smaller bite-sized chunks. And then every time you push that, it's a release. And and since we've kind of adopted that, we have had so many more releases. It's just like, you know, sometimes we have like three things launching in one week and it's just it's every one of those launches is another marketing push and the yep. marketing builds momentum on the customer side. Customers are excited and, you know, all of our social channels light up because people are excited about this new thing that we pushed. The, it's an opportunity to celebrate it within the company and send out kudos to the people that helped build it. All that stuff is super important for momentum. And so, you know, that that, that breaking projects down into smaller quick wins, uh, as as you noted, and then celebrating them, is just huge. It's really had a positive impact on our momentum lately. Yeah. And that's such a great point how one area or one thing, its momentum can push into the net, right? There's like some dependency or ripple effect off it. So like yeah. a great feature release fuels marketing, great marketing fuels sales, right? These things are, are, are interconnected. Totally. So it's like getting yep. that wave to push all the way across everything. Like that's when you feel that growth momentum across the entire business. For sure. Yep. And and I completely agree with you. Like um, we have the same thing, right? My, my next point um, with an example for us is like, 
you know, finding and focusing on what you do best when your momentum is stalled or, or hit a low. Um, and for us, I think about like with our development team, when we do integrations, like they're long, they're difficult, nobody loves them. Yeah. And it, and it feels like it zaps momentum. So it's like, first of all, being smart enough where we're not going to do back-to-back integrations. Um, right. So we want to make sure we do that. And like, so what can we find with our own features that are, you know, quick turning, everything is controllable and accessible within our system instead of someone else's APIs and yep. Google's support of their APIs and docs and trying to get into office hours on their product and find stuff out. Um, and so that that's just like so important to then get those wins and reestablish. And then, you know, like, yes, we're going to have to do another big integration, but at least we built up these other wins and that'll carry us into it. And then by the time we're done, then we're ready to yeah. get back to some momentum and wins again. Integrations are an interesting one that can really hurt your uh, momentum. And I, I can think to a software company that was trying to integrate with Yelp and it was such a killer. It took them, they worked on that for it was eight months into it and had no launches and it totally tied up their whole dev team because Yelp was such a nightmare to work with that it slowed everything down and they had no releases. They had no marketing push that then drove sales, nothing to celebrate because they were all tied up with trying to work with a partner. And so you know, to your point, being able to control quick releases that you can just do all on your own, that, that can really fuel positive momentum. Yeah, for sure. The next one I had written down was just like paying attention to the broader market yep. and even competitors. And and I put this out of the grain of salt. Like I am not a like, I don't feel Uber like, oh, this competitor, that coming. Like I don't care to stock. And a lot right. of times I don't pay. Yeah, I don't care to pay any attention to competitors. But to understand which way the wind's blowing in the market and things like that, mm -hmm. um, especially larger ones who have more customers. So they're getting more of that feedback. Like there is, there are smart things to extrapolate from that and to take from those. Um, and it's even realizing, you know, what's the momentum in the markets that are out there for what people are doing and what customers are looking for and what do these things look like? So, you know, when, when momentum's tough, there might be ideas on that. What's a, quick win feature we could build that's around this because everybody is right. really into social proof or everybody's really into this this aspect of it. Sure. And that that becomes interesting. At the same time, when I was writing this, I was also like thinking too, just because as an overall, like I'm trying to create momentum around conversion. Like I think it's so like under talked about by agencies, businesses, right. everybody thinks yep. so top of funnel, ranking, Traffic. Yes, all, all of all of that. And they're not looking at like, oh, what happens if I, you know, improve my conversion by 10 or 15 or 50%? Right. And how does that impact my bottom line? It's just, oh, we need more. I need more people retweeting. I need more likes on Facebook. Sure. I need, you know, a higher ranking and more traffic from Google. It's it's so interesting when you're, you know, in this realm of trying to build momentum for the thing your product is focused on. <laughs> Yeah, I think that is really interesting that just like if I maybe it's just the world that we live in this world of kind of local search and now you've pivoted into conversion. And so you realize, man, this whole 
world of people. They're so focused on rankings and traffic and they're not really optimizing for conversion. It's a big market opportunity. And then that's that market momentum. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, right? Cause it's like, I end up with talking point and there's things in here I need to refine even more, but like one is like, and here's my cold outreach to like agencies. A lot of time is like the subject is like your conversion partner, right? Like yeah. you're probably not doing anything here. If you are, you're doing like super, you know, these things that have been done for the last 20 years, right? A landing page. Changing button colors. Yeah. <laughs> a landing page, a form, a button color, a contact us page, right? You're just doing yeah. minimal, minimal things that, that are out there. Um, and so why not try evolving? And it also involves bringing texting, which people are interested in and has momentum and all those kind of things. So it's just finding the right way and, you know, trying to motivate them through the things I talked about earlier to pay, pay attention to that. The, the other like that I've been struggling with is I've never been like a fear-based salesman, right? It's always, here's the oasis. Here's where you want to get to. Here's the great things you can do. Let me teach you about it. And hopefully I build enough value that you want to use it. But I do actually have value in a little bit of a, you know, it's definitely not a doomsday, but it's the angle of your clients as an agency your clients are going to embrace text at some point. And if you use us, it's going to A, give you a chance to be involved with it. B, give you a chance to make revenue off that choice and what they're doing. And C, it's going to align with the bread and butter of what your services are. Right. And that's traffic generation, ranking, all these other things. And to me, that's so much better than if they go and grab another text tool that's out there that isn't as related to it or sure. another agency sells it to them and they're like, wow, these guys have great ideas. They brought us conversion and texting yeah. and let's try to give them some of our other stuff because they're smart and progressive and more forward thinking. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find like, how do I tell that story and help them understand the opportunity they have to move on this now instead of being shut out on it or another provider doing it and, and both are kind of losses one way or another, one a small loss, one a large loss mm -hmm. um, to that business because I do think it's something worth thinking about, um, but it's very opposite of my normal like positioning and sales story. Sure. Yeah, well, I think the, the strategy there is that you're capitalizing on the growing momentum of business texting. You know, people are not tuned into that. They're they're not even aware of it in many cases and, and as it grows. And I think it's actually a real, it's almost like a generational thing too. Like if you think about younger generations, there's so much on their phones right now. And so it's, it's really a, a, a great opportunity that you can capitalize on. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. That all of those things, all interesting to me and momentum is so huge. Like, yeah, it's just constantly trying to figure out how to how to get it, right? It's not like the individual little wins are nice, but when you group them together and you get momentum, yep. it's just, it's all the better. Yeah, and it's interesting how it's so top down. I find that it's really driven by me to a large degree, how excited I am. You know, like I, I recently recovered from COVID and I noticed I was just kind of out for two and a half weeks and it just felt like momentum was slow. And maybe that was just my own personal perspective perception of it but uh 
you know, momentum was slow for me because I was not firing on all cylinders and I was, you know, working, working half and trying to stay on top of emails and mostly, but I wasn't driving things forward. And so it's interesting how important it is to pay attention. And I think that that is a real takeaway for me. It's like, I want to have a sort of monthly check-in of what is our momentum and is it, you know, I'm going to rate it on a scale of one to 10 and what do I need to do going forward? Because there's huge value in that, especially when you communicate that to the rest of the team. Yeah. Do you think there's others within your team that could like take over as that momentum driver is like the momentum care keeper gate, you know, whatever. Well, when, when you don't have it, you can lean on them. Yeah. And they do. Right. So our team leads across departments, like definitely Ali and Troy who uh, run their own teams. Um, they, they drive their own momentum within, within those teams. And so definitely they can, but then there's also like at the greater level at the top, you know, with me, I feel like it's important for me to be able to drive it as well. And I think just, just asking myself the question once a month um, is really helpful. Yeah. No, I mean, my biggest takeaway, Darren, from our conversation that I didn't think enough about is how I set the momentum, how I, and this sounds really crazy, but I, I need to be, I need to make sure that I'm driving more than I'm trying to like enjoy it. <laughs> And that, right. that's, that's uh, a great point that you brought to my attention is like, you just can't be a passive passenger with it. It's like, I see the things to do and I see when it happens and whatever else, but like just the, the verbal communication of it, how you're selling it, right. You, you're, you're selling momentum to the team to get their buy-in. And I just, I think it's so important. Yep. Yep. All right. Momentum. It's pretty, pretty good stuff. <laughs> it totally is. If if you have it, like man, you're you're unstoppable when you have it, and that's why everybody yes. craves it so much. It's just core to your growth. So. And it breeds more momentum. That's the beautiful yes. thing about it, right? It's like once you start focusing on it and celebrating it, it just breeds more of it. Yep. Very true. Yep. All right. Anything coming up for you in closing that you want to plug or put out there? I don't know what's coming up for us. Uh, just continuing to trudge one step in front of the other one foot in front of the other trying to build our software up i have no real big announcements I'm not going to speak anywhere or do anything how about you got anything going on uh i get to go to san francisco next week to work in person with joel for a couple of days Excellent. so yep i'm excited about that we haven't hung out in person since i think april he came here to minnesota and spent a week and that mm -hmm. that was great it's just awesome whenever we can be in person and yeah ideas and shape things and whatever else. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, and then in like the first week of November, you and I are doing a webinar together on Google, my business and ranking and conversion. And I'm, yeah. I'm pumped about that. I think that'll be, I, I know it'll be really good exposure for us. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. I'm excited about that too. I think it'd be really great. Oh, actually. And I'm a, I'm a, the MC for local U advanced. That actually oh, is that's totally something to look forward that's to. That's huge. Yeah. I yes. can't believe I didn't think of that. I guess it's because <laughs> I'm not speaking as an MC. Yeah. I just show up and make jokes and stuff. So it's pretty easy. Nice. Uh, introduce people. And so uh, it wasn't top of mind, but yeah, I'm emceeing the local U advance, which is a wonderful uh, local search conference. The best. I love local U. And so I really look forward to doing that on November 2nd. Yep. There you go. Yep. And if you like drink a couple of forties before hosting it, your jokes will be so much better. 
That'd just be so much worse, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, and now it's <laughs> No one wants to see that. I, I, yeah, one drink and I, I start getting sloppy. So yeah, definitely no. That's not, well, I have to like remember what that's like, right? Since all of my heart issues, it's been since February, the last time I had a drop of alcohol and I, yep. I, I probably never will again. So I, I just, I remember those fondly um, parts of it. Other parts of it, it's like, oh, it's nice yeah. waking up with a clear head every single day and never, you know, be in any just not having that on the weekends after a fun late Friday night or anything else. So yeah, drinking is the new smoking, man. People are they, all these articles coming out vilifying alcohol. So yeah, yeah, I, I definitely miss the taste of some great IPAs. I I have some NA sure. beers that are decent, and then yeah, now that it's getting colder, a, a good red wine with dinner sometimes is really nice. So I kind of miss. I kind of miss those. Those are the parts I miss it. Or just being able that. to sneak off with my wife and grab a glass of wine and catch up and talk somewhere is just a little bit different when it, it's not on your mind to grab a drink ever or whatever. But you, you can reproduce those in other ways. It's just you definitely can. Yep. yep. Just grab a nice bubbly water. <laughs> there you go. I, that's what I'm often doing. A club soda with a lemon in it. And that's living, baby. Yep. It's it's really the time spent with your wife. That's that's the value there, not the not the drink itself. Exactly. But I'm usually having to pry her with something to hang out with me that long. So right. Well, she can drink. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> exactly. It's advised. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, great to catch up. Congrats on 40 episodes. Um, you know, we're still going on this. I don't even know. Like, what is it? Three years? Four? Four years? It's got to be four years. Yeah. I don't know. So been that long. Yeah, you know, four years. when you're drawn out going month by month and have missed some months here and there, but you know, we we've kept it going. I think we've made it past 95% of podcasts die out before 10 episodes or something. Right. So. Yes. We'll still be doing it when we're 90. Yeah. We're not, <laughs> uh, we're not releasing weekly folks, but we are going to keep after it forever. Well, that's part of our success is not releasing weekly once a month. Hey, totally manageable. Just staying alive is what it's all about, right? Like right. The, the amount of times I read tweets about that's all, that a SaaS business is, is staying alive long enough to reach your success. Like, yep. I totally agree with that. Well, I think we've definitely achieved great momentum with our podcast. And so let's keep it going. All right. Congrats to us. Thanks mo mostly to all of you guys. It's great to see hundreds of downloads uh, every episode and know we're just not talking to each other with no one to care or listen to it. So, right. Although I'd still want to do it. It was just, just me and you. Yeah. Same. Yep. We wouldn't have to record it and do all the work, but it would still work out. That's true. <laughs> well, thanks for all of our listeners and uh, definitely leave us a review on iTunes. That's really helpful. Yeah. It's been a while. Give us a, give us a formatted review. I mean, if you're telling your mom how great we are, like just write it in a review that that helps even more. Yeah. Yeah. You tell your mom too though. And your yeah. grandma. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Take care, Darren. See you everybody. Bye everyone.